All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Passive Cash Flow Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Fragnito, and we have a very interesting guest here today. I wanted to bring him on the show, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading your book as well, Jay. But uh, we have on the show today, Jay Connor. How are we doing today, Jay? My lands, Aaron. I'm doing fantastic, and I'll tell you why. You've invited me to talk about my most favorite topic and what I'm most passionate about, and that is raising private money, talking about private lending. So I'm like stoked to talk about what I love to talk about. <laughs> that's amazing, right? I mean, that's the dream. Be able to talk about what you love to talk about all day long and uh, come on a nice podcast like this where we treat our guests very kind. And uh, that's exciting, Jay. No, I'm, I'm glad for your energy here. Uh, what, so what do you focus on? You so say you teach people to raise money, you, you do private lending. So what exactly does that mean you focus on? Well, first of all, what it means is when we're talking private money and private lending, you know, different people out there have different definitions of private money and private lending. I've got some great friends who are hard money lenders, brokers. And so I'm not talking about hard money and, and, and brokers. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about doing business as a real estate investor, doing business directly with where the money's coming from. So I'm not talking about doing any kind of business with institutions or banks, but I'm talking about getting funding for your real estate deals without ever having to ask anybody for money. And so you're doing business with individuals, human beings that have investment capital, they have retirement funds. Uh, there's all kinds of ways they can leverage their assets in, in order to do business with you. So I call all of my deals one-offs. What in the world is a one-off? Well, a one-off is you got a private lender, or you could have more than one private lender that is funding a real estate deal for you. Most of the deals I do are single-family houses. But it's all the same money. If you want to do commercial or small apartments or, you know, the like, duplexes, quadplexes, whatever, it's all the same money. I just happen to focus on single family houses. So this world of private money is all about doing business with other individuals just like you, just like me. At People's Capital Group, we help you invest in real estate. Build your wealth by owning professionally managed apartment buildings in the northern New Jersey market. We want to show you how owning real estate is attainable, even for the busy professionals that don't have the time or experience investing in real estate. Now, we only work with select people who are serious about building wealth. So find out if you qualify at peoplescapitalgroup.com. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons we started People's Capital Group is because I recognized how hard it is to find a deal, underwrite a bunch of bad deals to find a good one, uh, you know, manage contractors, manage management companies, and all the mistakes you make in between getting the right insurance and, and everything else it takes to buy real estate and manage real estate and exit it the right way, whether you're selling it or refinancing it. And it, I was like, wow, you know, it's not realistic for someone to do this themselves if they're working a nine to five. Like, there's no way this is going to work out. So there's really a need for operators like me and you to help people put their money to work in real estate wisely, because otherwise you hear those horror stories of 
people, you know, doing very poorly in investments, and they try to do it all themselves, um, which is really a, an advertisement on why to invest passively. But um, no, that that's really interesting. And and uh, so the reason to invest passively, you know, a lot of my podcasts speak about them, but your specialty is actually teaching people how to raise capital as well, correct? Absolutely. So I teach real estate investors how to get private money. Where do you find it? How do you do business with these people? And of course, I also teach new private lenders how to be a private lender. My wife, Carol Joy, and I, we've been married 37 years. We started doing this business in 2003 in a small market. We're here at only 40,000 people in our market. And we do two to three deals a month. We average $74,000 profit per deal. But right now we have 44 private lenders. That's 44 individuals all across the nation hmm. that are investing with us and are funding our deals. And all these people, none of these people ever heard of private money or private lending. Uh, they never heard of how to use retirement funds. I mean, hmm. did you know? And I know you know, Aaron, most people don't know. There's a way people can be a private lender using their retirement funds, either their 401k, their pensions or whatever, either at a current employer or from a past employer. And they can, here's, here's what's so cool. They can lend that money out. And mm -hmm. depending on the type of retirement account it is, they can lend the money to us, the real estate investor. And the returns that we give them are either tax deferred or tax free. Carol, Joy, and I've got one private lender that earned in just one year $65,000 tax free. And so when, you know, an individual hears about this, you know, this, this, this way of doing business and opportunity, it's like, why in the world have I not heard about this anywhere else? I can tell you why they haven't heard about it because financial advisors, financial advisors don't even know about self-directed IRAs right. because there's no money in it for them to make. <laughs> there's no commissions in it for right, a right, right. advisor to make money doing business like this. So yeah. Um, I have no idea what the question was. <laughs> you know, anyway. I'm just, I just want to touch on the word financial advisor really quick, because let's call them what they are. They're financial product. Uh, I'm getting in trouble for this one. Financial product salesmen. I mean, nothing against financial advisors. Plenty of them are my friends. And, and a lot of them do very, very good. And their products are worth the investment. But let's be honest. If you work for, a, you know, Fidelity as a financial advisor, you can't sell products that Fidelity doesn't allow you to sell. Now, maybe there's a, you know, a breadth of opportunities there and, and different types of products to diversify. And you got your life insurance, you got your stocks and your IRA, da, da, da. But um, it's really like you're kind of limited to the, the product you're offering, you know. Um, now, of course, the People's Capital Group, you know, we're offering a, a generally a single product as well, an apartment building you can invest in passively and get the benefits of owning real estate without doing all the heavy lifting behind the scenes. But at least we're clear about what we offer here, you know, and it's a passive real estate investment in real estate. I always feel like financial advisors are like, oh, we're going to advise you on how to build your retirement wealth. But you know, here's the, here, you know, asterisks, I can only sell you the products that I'm allowed to sell you. So I'm really not here to say, hey, here's the whole world of investing. You can invest in a real estate syndication. You can self-direct your IRA by working with an IRA custodian. 
Uh, you can go flip houses. You, you can invest partially in the stock market and actually diversify realistically, truly out of the stock market into brick and mortar assets. Heck, you could do that with an IRA. The reason your uh, fiduciary responsibility, your financial advisor that doesn't tell you that is because that's taking the money out of their account and putting it into a different company's account. So obviously it's not in their best interest to tell you to do that, you know? And um, I'll regret, I'll digress here on, on financial advisors. They, they are moral, ethical individuals for the most part. And a lot of their products can make a lot of sense to a lot of people, but let's call it what it is uh, right there. And I don't know, Jay, if you have any input on that. Well, I do. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is I would really like to differentiate between a hard money lender and a pri and a private lender or doing business with a hard money lender and a private lender. I, you know, I got a lot of friends. Carol Joe and I are in three big masterminds, hmm. uh, two of which have got over 150 real estate investors in it, and they're all movers and shakers across the nation. And some of my very good friends are hard money lender hard money brokers. Most of the time, a hard money lender is a broker of money, a middle person. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I want to differentiate between hard money and private money is because there's so many real estate investors that have borrowed hard money. And at the end of the transaction, it's like, I was supposed to make $50,000 profit, but why do I only have 20 mm. now? Well, it's because of the hard money lender program. So for example, here's just some quick down differences between hard money and private money. Okay. First of all, when times get tough and money tightens up, mm -hmm. hard money lenders are the first to shut down. When mm -hmm. COVID came along in, in March, 2020, yeah. by and large, all the hard money lenders stopped loaning money, mm -hmm. right? In contrast to that, in 2020, I had more private money lenders chasing me than ever before. Right. Of course, I know why. There's been more money printed in the basement of the White House uh, <laughs> uh, since the current administration took office. And that's no reflection on my political view. That's just the fact. It is a prior fact. To yeah. Prior to COVID, there was 18 trillion with a T, 18 trillion dollars on the street. It could be used as cash retirement money to invest in real estate with a real estate investor. Today, there's over 31 trillion available. So anyway, hard money is a broker. In this world of private money, you're doing business directly with the individuals. Secondly, interest rate. The average interest rates now on uh, hard money lenders is 10% to 14%. Right. Some are 15%, right? Yeah. Private lenders, I'm paying my private lenders right now, 8%, 8%. And we structure deals to where I don't even have to make any payments mm -hmm. until sure. I cash out of the deal. We just let the interest accrue. Yeah. Um, so big difference between 8% and 12, 14, 15%. Thirdly, origination fees and points. Mm -hmm. When you're borrowing money from a hard money lender, there's points, right? They average two to four points. You know, you borrow $100,000, you got to bring $4,000 to the closing table. In this world of private money, there's never any points. There's no origination fees. In addition to that, extension fees. Yeah. You know, a hard money lender typically is going to give you a term of six to nine months right. to get in and get out. 
-hmm. in this world of private money, there's no hurry to pay the money back. Mm -hmm. All my terms are two years to five years, Mm -hmm. depending on if it's investment capital or it's retirement funds. One of my biggest um, favorite reasons for using private money is I never, with a capital N, I never bring any of my own money to the closing table. In fact, not only do I not bring any money to the closing table, I always bring home a big check. My Mm -hmm. lens, what's my most recent big check I brought home from buying a house? Oh, this wasn't a bad one. 84,297 bucks. Wow. And I, and I bought this house took two weeks ago Mm -hmm. and took none of my, I mean, who wants to get paid to buy houses and have none of your own, what bankers call skin in the game. (laughs) So how's the private lender protected without you bringing any skin in the game? I'm going to give them a large equity cushion. I'm typically not going to borrow more than 75% of the after repaired value. I did not say 75% of purchase. Right. I said 75% of the after repaired value. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, when I do a deal, I want the cash to be mm-hmm. happy on both sides of the table. Yeah. Right. Nothing but win, win, win. I want the private lender protected. They always get a deed of trust or mortgage to mm-hmm. back. In fact, I even name them as mortgagee on the insurance policy. So if there's a claim against the property, they actually have to sign off on the check. So I want to make that differentiation. And those are the big ones between hard money and private money. And the other thing I wanted to say is you've got uh, your your logo for people's mm-hmm. capital group. Mm-hmm. Your byline is helping people invest in real estate. And I just want to say, Aaron, that's why you and I hit it off from the very beginning. (laughs) My entire mindset and outlook and my entire team's outlook Mm -hmm. is all about helping people first. You know, Zig Mm -hmm. Ziglar said it. Enough other people get what they need and want you. Don't want to worry about yourself. Here's (laughs) a case in point. How in the world do we help our our, uh, sellers that are in foreclosure? You know, Mm -hmm. there's two great big categories of foreclosures right now. You got people that were in foreclosure prior to COVID. You got people that lost their jobs because of COVID. All the moratoriums have been lifted. You got all these people facing foreclosure now. And guess what? Foreclosures are up 219% year to date over last year. You got all these people you can help. And here's an example of helping people when they respond to our marketing one of the first questions we ask these people facing foreclosure is, do you want to keep your home? Right. And when they say yes, Mm -hmm. guess what? Mm -hmm. We got ways to advise them. We tell them up front, we're not attorneys. I can't give you any legal advice. Yeah, of course. But have you talked to your lender about a deferment program? Have you talked about a loan modification? Mm -hmm. Have you talked, have you talked to them? So many people in foreclosure go in denial and just don't even talk to their lender. All right. Isn't that crazy? If we can help, and this all goes back to your byline. Mm -hmm. If we can help someone keep their home, Mm. there's not a penny in it for us, but you know what? Mm -hmm. The law of reciprocity, what goes around comes around Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if I help enough other people, I don't have to worry about me, uh, mm-hmm. put them, put them first. 
That's and uh, and the business is going to work out for you. You know, I tell you, Aaron, anytime I have gotten involved in a business or a career, and I'm 62 years old now, over the past decades, every time I got involved, and it was primarily to make the money, I failed miserably. Mm. In fact, I never launched. But when I got on a business that I was passionate about, All such right. as real estate investing, and passionate about helping my private lenders, right? Mm -hmm. They need us more than we need them. There's so there's yeah. so many more of them. When I put them first, and it's like, I'm not asking for money. I'm teaching people what private money is and the private lending program. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I don't even have to ask for the money. I'm helping them by offering a, you know, the traditional way of borrowing money is you go to your banker, you get on your hands and knees, you put your hands underneath your chin, and you go, please loan me money for my deal. Please loan <laughs> me money for my deal. Never ask world, for money. Yeah. And, in, and, and in this world of private money, I'm not asking for a mortgage. I'm offering it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about the win-win. And so when I saw your byline is helping people, it's all about putting people first. And, you know, you do that. And if I can help somebody keep their home, I don't have to worry about me and my team. There's mm -hmm. plenty, there's plenty to go around. No, that's a great, it's a great attitude. And that's how I like to live my life in general, you know, do unto others as you'd like to be done to you, of course. And, uh, yeah, I'm a Christian fellow myself as well. That helps me keep uh, good moral grounds. And uh, it, it's important in this business because, you know, they're, they're, the business of buying homes from people in foreclosure is a bit of a gray zone, you know, um, they'll ask you questions like, well, what do you think my home is worth? You know, just like sitting there, like, you know, if you're asking me that, then you're misunderstanding, you know, exactly who I am and what I'm doing here, you know, and that that's a hard question to answer because what it's worth to me or what it's worth to someone else is going to be completely different, but it's, it, you know, there's, there's a moral, uh, groundwork you kind of have to have in the wholesale business or that buying foreclosure business, you know, and I, I honestly, after a while, it kind of, I've done over 250 real estate transactions. You know, I own and operate a real estate fund. It, I, it, it almost like it felt a little unethical for me to be there um, talking to some homeowners who had never done really, you know, any type of transaction like this before. I'd never been in a situation like this. They're kind of looking to us for advice. So there were times I'd say to them, listen, I'm not really the guy you go to to get your home valued. If you want to do that, call a local realtor, call an appraiser. Um, you know, or there were other times I bought properties at share sale auctions and it was in the first 10 day redemption period. And I, I go now, maybe this is stupid, but I go knock on the door and say, Hey, you know, I bought your home at auction. Da, 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 da. Do you want to work out at cash for keys? Da, da, da. And they say, well, no, I want to keep the home. I say, okay, well you do a 10 day redemption period. If you can go to the courthouse, you can, you know, ideally buy, you know, redeem your home in the next 10 days if you come up with the cash. So, um, and, and people have done that. And, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, should I, have told them that because it's really not in my best interest. Now I've lost the deal, but it just, it sat well with me and I was able to rest my head on the pillow at night and say, you know what? I did the right thing. I have no idea, you know, what that deal was, how much money was in it. It wouldn't have mattered really in the day. It would have just been another deal on the spreadsheet. Um, but we did the right thing. And I remember it because of that, you know, um, but there, there's definitely a lot of gray zones. That's actually one of the reasons I started to transition into buying properties at sheriff sale auction because I felt a lot more comfortable buying at a sheriff sale auction because that's the public chopping block. If it wasn't me, it would be someone else buying it. 
Um, you know, there were some times where we were sending out mailings to motivated owners. And um, I, I think there were some some boundaries we always had to be aware of. And it sounds like you're aware of those boundaries as well. But I also know wholesalers that, you know, the owner asks, well, what's my home worth? And they say, oh, $20,000, you know, and uh, uh, whatever they, they need to lowball to get them there. And, and honestly, doing that, that's not going to be a long-term business solution, you know? Well, um, as far as what's your home worth, mm-hmm. your house or your property is worth what you and I agree to, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. But speaking of, you know, helping people out, um, I much prefer to actually buy the house directly from the person that is in distress and they can be in distress for many, many reasons, mm-hmm. foreclosure, um, somebody lost a job, they're in financial distress, mm-hmm. the property is in distress, whatever the reason that I prefer, I mean, I buy houses all the time at the courthouse. I'm closing right. on one right now, a week from this coming Monday. Mm-hmm. I'm buying it for 306,000 and the, the after repair value is 600,000 and the rehab might be 30. Wow. So I, I bought that at the courthouse, but I would have much rather bought that house directly mm-hmm. from the owner of that property. And here's why. When someone tells us, when we ask the question, will you sell your property for what you owe? Mm-hmm. And they say, yes. Well, am I going to keep a foreclosure off their record? Yes. Am I going to help their credit? No, it's already ruined. Mm -hmm. So the reason my preference is to buy directly from them is I have the opportunity to actually serve them and help them get back on their feet. 100% of the time when someone tells us, yes, I will sell you for what I owe, I'm I'm behind 10 months on payments. Right. There's no way I can bring it current. And if I let it go to, you know, foreclosure, you know, I got to move out anyway. Do you know what, Aaron? 100% of the time we say, you know what? We want to be a part of helping you get back on your feet. And we want to give you thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to actually help you get moving on. Right. And, and so... If I'm going to be making, you know, $74,000 on a mm-hmm. deal, mm-hmm. for goodness sake, I'm more than glad to give them $5,000 when they didn't even ask for it mm-hmm. to help them move, put deposit on utilities, all that. I mean, that's just the part of giving back before you get anything, before yeah. you close on it. Now, am I going to give them $5,000 to help them out? before I close on the deal. Well, of course not. Right. 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 They're not, they're not going to get the money until <laughs> first of all, I own the house. Right. And secondly, uh, that I've done a walkthrough. If mm-hmm. I own the house, I might give them $2,500 to help mm-hmm. them move out. One mm-hmm. thing we always offer as a benefit, leave whatever you want to in the house. You ain't got to mess with it. We got people that takes, you know, stuff to Habitat for Humanity and everything. Sure. But then we'll do a walkthrough and I'll say, look, it's got to be clean. Um, you know, you don't have to move everything out, but, you know, things have got to be in order. And then I'll give them the rest of the money. Mm-hmm. And my lands, how good does it feel to write a check somebody for $5,000 to help them get on with their life 
and you still make 70 grand, you talk about cash being happy on both sides of the table. If it's not win, win, win for, and look, I was going to say, if it's not win, win, win for everybody, I don't want to do the deal. Look at all the people that we and you, Aaron, and your, your audience are helping. My yeah. land's the seller, your private lender that you're mm-hmm. paying high rates of return safely and securely, your contractors, um, your realtor, if you're selling it to the MLS. I mean, all these people are benefiting sure. by, you, by you simply being the orchestra, orchestra director mm-hmm. and, and bringing that deal together. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's, it's amazing how many services you hire, how many products you need to buy, renovate and resell a property or refinance. And uh, it's really it really moves the market. Right. What do they say? Real estate's like 14 percent of the uh, GDP or something like that. You know, yeah, it's it's a really big mover in the market. It's amazing. Um, no, that's, that's really interesting. And I've done scenarios like that, you know, uh, kind of like a cash for keys scenario where you help people move out costs. Uh, and uh, maybe I've even given it to the next place they're moving to, you know, as the, as the down payment, something like that to really guide them. Um, so, yeah, that's been a nice way to help people uh, move and help the process uh, move along and, and also figure out what people's needs are. You know, part of negotiating a transaction with a private owner like that is saying, well, you know, what are your real goals right now? You know, and it's not always uh, make as much money as I need. Sometimes it's, you know, I need to know where I'm moving to next. You know, can you help me find a place or I need to understand, you know, what's my timeline exactly that I'm in this home for? What are my options? Or- well, and, and that's a good point, Aaron. I buy houses all the time mm-hmm. and go ahead and close and I let them stay in the house rent free. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes sixty days to let them, you know, help. We'll help them find a place to to move to. Now, yeah. are they going to get the cash coming to them until they're out? No, sure. but you can't beat rent free, right? Yeah, of course. So right. it's just another way of what I call meeting them where they are in order mm-hmm. to serve them. I can't serve you at the highest level unless I really understand what your objective is, what your needs are. And, you know, what I really can do for you that could make the difference in your own situation. Well, absolutely. And and that's a, that's a great way to do business. Great way to treat your, uh, you know, it's funny, I, I try to treat everyone I do business, whether they're a Section 8 tenant or a multi-million dollar uh, lender or investor, I'm going to treat them the same way. You know, their best foot forward. My manager is going to treat them the same way on, as a property management side of the business. And, you know, I've also bought foreclosure properties where they're not so nice actually when you're coming in, you know, you're the bad guy because you're buying the property. So you really have to uh, have a lot of patience and uh, they're not going to maybe be too nice to get off the bat when they realize, hey, listen, I'm actually here to help with work with you and, and kind of be on, on your side instead of going just straight to eviction and not even giving you a chance to, you know, uh, uh, discuss a cash for keys or some type of alternative besides just having a foreclosure and then be evicted out of the property. Um, you know, also from a landlord perspective, it, it gets you a lot further. Uh, you get a lot more flies of honey than you do with vinegar. You know, when you are buying a property with someone in, if you're buying it at sheriff sale auction, if the owner refuses to move out, um, you actually have to get in, in New Jersey, at least the first thing you have to do is go down and get a, a writ of removal from the state. And that takes about 90 days to get the writ of removal. And then that's passed up to the county. 
And the county does the proceedings of the eviction process, which is another 90 days. So the whole thing can take like six to eight months to have an eviction process for uh, someone that lives in a home that was foreclosed on. So at the end of the day, you run those numbers as an investor. You say, okay, this is going to cost me $8,000. You know, if I can negotiate a $5,000 payout with the with the seller or you know the past owner, I'd rather that money goes to them than it goes to holding costs and attorney fees and everything else. And you know, <clears throat> let me tell you something, Aaron. And then here's a rider downer. Here's a rider downer. Get my pen. For well, you you don't need to write it down because you know it. But <laughs> your your listener needs to write okay. this down. Hear that, everybody. That is, it's always always cheaper to buy them out than to kick them out or mm-hmm. evict them out. Always right. cheaper to work with them. I have only had to evict, and I've rehabbed over 450 houses and done a bunch more houses than that that I didn't rehab and just bought on terms and sold on terms. But only two, only two people I've actually had to go through the eviction process since mm-hmm. 2003 because when you say, hey, look, I'm here to help you out, and I want to put cash in your pocket to help you. There ain't nobody else offering that, right? Right. And if they know they got cash coming to them Mm -hmm. um, when they're out, they might be less likely to start kicking and punching a bunch of holes in your sheetrock. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God, yeah, forget it. If you're evicting someone, (laughs) they, they know that's the last time. They're going to be in that house. I've had situations where the boilers go missing, the appliances go missing. You know, you, you don't end up with the same house you thought you had. So you're absolutely right, Jay. Yeah, so it's it's all about working with people, putting their interests first, understanding where they're coming from, yeah. and um, and serving them. You know, uh, whatever their need is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jay, you know, we've uh, been going here for a while. Before we end, I do want to pivot over to raising private capital, which is something you teach. Now, I talk a lot about uh, the passive investing side of real estate on this podcast for our listeners. And by the way, to our listeners, of course, if you're enjoying our content here, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and like button and the uh, notification button as well. So you get notified when we put out new episodes every Friday. But um, of course, if uh, if you're listening to our podcast here, you're primarily learning more about the passive side of real estate investing. I don't talk a whole lot about how the sausage is actually made on the raising end of, of capital. I do here and there, of course. Um, but um, what what are some tips of the trade you have uh, for raising private capital for our listeners out there? Sure. First of all, you're not asking for money. And people ask me, well, how in the world have you got eight and a half million dollars from project to project? So here's a writer downer. As a real estate investor and you want to borrow private money, the first thing you got to do is know your program. Mm. Okay. You got to know your program. What interest rate are you paying? Uh, You see, when you borrow money from the banks, they make the rules. When you borrow money from hard money lenders, they make the rules. Mm -hmm. In this world, you make the rules. Uh-huh. And the good news is I'm going to give you a, a free copy of my new private money guide that actually will lay all that out for you. All but right. You got to know the program. Yeah. How are they protected? How can they get their money back in case of an emergency? Uh-huh. Um, how is it secure and safe? How is it a conservative investment? What are their risks? How can they lose money? Right. Uh-huh. 
So you got, you got to know, and by the way, they can't lose money if you do the deal right, because mm-hmm. I'm going to give them a 25% equity cushion and I'm not going to borrow so much and overledge the property. So number right. one tips, know your program, right? How are you going to know your program? I'm going to teach you my program and just duplicate it because it seems to work. Mm-hmm. Right. Number two is the mindset, the mindset. The mindset is, number one, you don't go get a deal under contract and now go try to raise money for it. (laughs) Even if you've got your teacher hat on, if you teach your private lending program and you say, by the way, I got this deal over here that you can fund, you already sound desperate. Mm, mm. You're already screaming, please fund my deal without even saying that. Right. We're coming across it. So a big tip is teach the program and never bring up a deal until the person says, Hey, I love that program. Here's how much I got to work with. You know, let's do a deal. Go find me a deal. Some of them just want to write you a check. Mm -hmm. Do not accept checks. I never accept a check from a private lender. I don't accept a check until I've got a deal for them to fund. Then they wire their funds to my real estate attorney's trust account. Right. Then we close the deal. Yeah. And here's another big tip that comes to the subject of frame of mind and, and, and your mindset. So follow this. I got a private lender. They know my program. I taught it to them. They've told me how much they have to invest, 200, 250. By the way, here's another writer downer. They always have more than they tell you. Always. <laughs> they always have right. more than they tell you. So they've told you how much they got to work with. They've told you if it's retirement accounts. Okay, if it's retirement money, you need to go ahead and get them introduced to your self-directed IRA representative. Whoever mm-hmm. that is, I know who I recommend. Aaron, you may have your own that you sure. recommend. And so establish a relationship mm-hmm. with a self-directed IRA company to where you can refer someone when they have those funds. Now, you know how much they got to work with. You know where the money is. They're sitting by the phone waiting for you to call them, right? Yeah. So I call them up. I never ask anybody, I never explain a deal and ask them, do they want to fund the deal? That's the most stupid question in the world I could ask them. (laughs) Of course, they want to fund the deal. Mm -hmm. They've been waiting for the phone call. Mm -hmm. So here's the script. Here's the script. Mm -hmm. I got a private lender. I know how much they got to work with. I call them up. Here is the exact conversation. I say, Aaron, let's say you're my private lender. Say, Aaron, how's how's the weather in, you know, Hullop Scullop, wherever you live? And we have a little chit-chat. Great. And now I get straight into it. I say, Aaron, I have got fantastic news for you. I can now put your money to work. Hmm. I got a house in Newport with an after-repaired value of $200,000. The funding required for the deal is $150,000. Closing's next Thursday. You need to have your funds wired to my real estate attorney next Wednesday. End of conversation. 
So, so yeah. what did I tell them? Yeah. Number one, I told them good news. It's good news because they've been waiting for the phone call. They're not making right. any money mm-hmm. with the money just sitting there. Mm-hmm. The second thing I told them is I said, I can now put your money to work. That's the yeah. good news. Mm-hmm. The next thing I said is I got a house in Newport. I didn't tell them the physical address. They could care less. Mm-hmm. I got a house in Newport. It's got an after repaired value, $200,000. Why is that important? Because they know the program I taught them. I'm not going to borrow more than 75% of the after repaired value. Sure. I got a house in Newport. After repaired value, 200000 The funding required for this deal is 150000 I already know they got 150000 They told me they got mm-hmm. 150000 mm-hmm. Closing is next Thursday, so you'll need to wire your funds to my real estate attorney next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. What do they say? Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, and then I, we get the real estate attorney. Uh, to if, they, if, if this is their first deal, Real estate attorney emails the wiring instructions to the private lender. Funds are wired. Of course, you better call verbally, um, confirm the wiring instructions and make sure a hacker did not hack the email and uh, wiring instructions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ask me how I know that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, and then they wire the funds, the deal's closed. Mm. And uh, again, it's all back to positioning, no begging, no selling, no chasing, Sure. Um, that's the order to do the business. And when the money comes first mm-hmm. and you got it lined up, running right. a hole in your pocket, how many more offers, how much more confident are you going to be when you know you got the cash to close? And by the way, private money is not just for ugly houses and rehabs. Right. Private money is for pretty houses when the pretty house owner won't sell to you uh, subject to or on terms. Mm-hmm. If there's equity in the house, use private money to close it. Only 13% in my percentages, and I'm a good closer, 13% will sell to me creatively from FISBOs. What are the other 87% of the people require? Mm-hmm. All the money. Yeah. So there's the top tips of the day when it comes to private money. I love it. And you must have them. Uh, so they're secured in a debt position. They earn an interest rate. So you have them sign. Well, you'll sign a mortgage and a promissory note, ideally, right? Correct. They approve that there's nothing for them to sign. Right. They approve the deal when they wired the money. Yeah, but they would have to say to review the, the documents uh, probably beforehand, right? I mean, generally, you want to send them the documents that are is securing their capital, right? That's part of the process, right? Interestingly enough, I've never had a private lender ask me to review the documents, but if they wanted to, and they wanted to show it to their attorney, have at it because I know it's all as it should be. Sure. Now I, now I uh, review the documents because Mm -hmm. uh, my attorney is actually a human being and uh, makes mistakes. I have a one page sheet called real estate attorney instructions. And there's 12 lines to fill in. Uh, who's the borrower? Who's the lender? What's the principal loan, uh, principal loan amount? What's the interest rate? What's the frequency of payments? And literally it takes less than five minutes to fill in the blanks. We email it to our real estate attorney. Our closing documents are ready in 24 business hours. Nice. No, that's really interesting. Um, I, I like that. Uh, so basically, 
you're uh, putting uh, private investors in a first lien position, they're earning an interest rate on their investment, and they're getting an equity piece uh, kind of kick kicker on top. Um, and that's nice for investors. They know what they're going to be earning, you know, at least an 8% return on investment. Um, they know that also that, you know, they get an equity kicker if the deal does good, so they can do even better on their investment. Is, is that right? I actually, actually no, Aaron. No. My okay. private lenders get zero equity on the back end. Oh, okay. I thought you said they get equity. No, no, no. no. There's an equity cushion of protection. Got it. Got it. Got between it, got how it. much I'm borrowing and how much. Okay. I misunderstood. It's worth. <clears throat> so they they it. get a straight rate of return, right? Yeah, they know yeah. exactly what the rate of return is going to be. Well, they're the bank. And, um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just straight interest. No, that's great. They're, they're, they're the bank, essentially. They get their interest rate. Uh, you get all the capital you need to do the deal with a lot less underwriting. And, um, you know, you also don't need to get the SEC involved because they're being secured in a first lien position. So they're not acting as an equity owner without voting rights, where when I raise capital for an apartment building, I actually need to file with the SEC. And I do need to follow certain rules and regulations within the SEC about how I can advertise and what I can and cannot say on these podcasts, for example. And um, so it's different when you're raising capital and putting investors in a first lien position, secured on title, uh, paying an interest rate to them. That's a much different structure than what we do here with an equity position, a non-voting equity position in an apartment building. So because of that, you're not actually selling a security where we're, I'm technically selling a security, therefore I'm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission. You're not selling a security, you're selling uh, debt. You know, you're selling an opportunity to be, be the bank uh, and you're signing a promissory note, putting everything in clear writing or a mortgage, you know, putting everything in clear writing that uh, ideally both really are having a promissory note and a mortgage that the mortgage is secured on title. Um, and that allows, you know, everything to be put in, in black and white. And it also allows uh, the investor to know exactly what they're earning. Um, and that can be great for an investor. A lot of people like to do that. Plus the security being on title. So if you run off to... Uh, you know, uh, Columbia, and we never see you again. Well, they could actually foreclose on the property and take the take the property back. So, or something happens. And if yeah. they do that, they'll actually make more money than mm -hmm. the high interest that I would have paid them. So, sure, sure, they're, they're yeah. covered. They're covered on all bases. Might lose a few nights of sleep, but in the long run, they make they do better. Absolutely. <laughs> but you don't even like Columbia anyway. You're sticking around. <laughs> That's, That's right. great, Jay. That's great. Okay. Well, I love your business model, my friend. You're very, uh, very creative there and, and very uh, good at what you do, it appears as well. So uh, how can people get in touch with you to learn more? Well, the best way to get in touch for me to learn more is for you to download for free. I'm so excited about my new private money guide that I've written for real estate investors. Um, how to, to what's my program, how to duplicate my program how to find these private lenders. I mean, where are they? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, like there's different categories. Where do you find them? Why do you yeah. say so? I've got this brand new private money guide called mm -hmm. seven reasons why private money will skyrocket your real estate business and help you build incredible wealth. It will get you on the fast track to private money very, very quickly. I've got people that have read my guide and in less than 30 days gotten $500,000 in wow. private money to start funding their deals. You can download my guide absolutely for free at www.jconnor, 
and I'm an ER, not an OR, by the way, www.jayconner.com forward slash money guide. Again, download it for free. Get on the fast track to private money. Whether you've never done a deal before or you're a seasoned real estate investor with a portfolio of 100 houses uh, or apartments, it's all the same money. You want to raise money for your commercial deals? Same money. We just structure it different. Download it for free right now at www.jayconner.com forward slash money guide. Awesome. I just went to that website and I'm going to download it here. We're done with the podcast. I'm very excited, very curious to see what's in that guide. And it's really exciting. That's great, Jay. You know, I just uh, redid our ebook as our, our ebook as well, and I uh, had it totally tightened up and redone for 2023 here. So uh, we put that on our website also. So you can uh, check that out at peoplescapitalgroup.com. And uh, I also wrote an article, uh, Red Flags for Passive Investors as well. So I uh, recently put that out on our website also. So yep, check it out there. And if you're enjoying these podcasts, and please enjoy, uh, please uh, hit that subscribe button and like button also so we can build our follower base there. And hey, put a comment in the comment section. I'd love to hear what you think about our topics here, our guests. What do you think about Jay? What do you think about his hair? What do you think about his uh, business plan here? Okay. And I, uh, I tell you what I think about my hair. It's getting thinner by the day. <laughs> well, maybe that'll be your next book. All right. How to avoid pulling your hair out in real estate. <laughs> I don't know how much you're just going to sell that. I one. like it. I like it. I like it. Oh, okay. Excellent. Excellent. So that's how you connect with Jay there. And of course, our website's peoplescapitalgroup.com. But thank you so much for uh, coming on the show here, Jay. It was really a pleasure. Aaron, I'm so thankful that you invited me to come on. And I'm looking forward to having you on my podcast, which is called, believe it or not, Raising Private Money. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody wants to get a preview before you come on, yeah. uh, they can just go to iTunes, Spotify, wherever they listen to their podcast, Raising Private, just search Raising Private Money. You can put in there with Jay Connor, but it'll come up. And um, yeah. I'm looking forward to having you on my show, Aaron, and talking all about your syndication uh, way yes, of sir. private money for apartments. Heck yeah, that's where it's at. All right, my friend, good stuff. I'm looking forward to your show as well, raising private money. I'm going to listen to that on the way home. All right. You got it, man. Just be sure and listen to any episode since October 3rd, 2022. Because that's when we relaunched. I got new intro music, outro music. I mean, like, they make me sound like a rock star. So begin wow. with October. I've got over 500 episodes there with every subject you could think of. Oh, my gosh. But, but the most exciting ones start October 3rd, 2022 and come forward. Okay. I, I usually listen to the more recent ones anyway. You know, that's yeah. usually kind of how it goes. Yeah, definitely. Cool, cool. All right, Jay, I'm really looking forward to being on your show. And thank you so much for coming on the Passive Cash Flow Podcast, my friend. Thank you so much, Aaron. God bless you. Mm -hmm.